What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I am your host, Adam Murdoff. <laughs> oh, man. So glad to have you guys here. Uh, we have an amazing, amazing episode for you today. I'm so glad to be sitting down with this guest. I've known him for a really long time, and uh, it, it fucking makes me excited when... I see other people out there fucking crushing it. So before I get to that guest, hey, guys, welcome to the show. If you're new, thanks for joining us. If you're a repeat listener, fucking love you guys. Actually, I love all the listeners, whether you're a repeat listener or new, regardless, doesn't matter. But what we are doing here is I am sitting down with interesting humans from all walks of life just trying to gain some perspective and uh, bringing you guys along for the ride. So buckle up, boys and girls. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Jombo Superfoods. You can go to jombocbd.com and check them out. They specialize in CBD products. Well, they also have some THC products, but we'll just stick with the CBD. Cannabidiol. It is one of the many compounds found in the cannabis plant. So many people are getting benefits from this particular compound. It aids in your gut health, it aids in your brain health, it helps with inflammation, which is the root of so many audio, auto, autoimmune disorders. And uh, man, these guys are doing it right. You know, everything is, is tested at a third party laboratory. They're using all premium ingredients. And uh, these guys are the shit. So go check them out. They have topicals and sprays and drops and they just dropped oh i say just as in like when i'm recording this intro uh dropped and was it uh an olive oil oh i love their ghee and mct oil and now they have a cbd olive oil oh can't wait to get my hands on that and start using it but go check them out man you can use the code outside when you check out and for my listeners, they're giving you guys 20%. Don't fucking tell anybody because I guarantee I have the best code out there. Not everybody's giving the 20%. Some are only giving like 15 You're going to get 20%. And they damn near always do buy two, get one free. So throw two in your cart. You'll get that third one for free. You're going to save on the whole order. It's a win-win for everybody. Go to jombocbd.com. Check them out. My guest today is Herman Mahari. Ah, Herman, Herman, Herman. Man, I've known this guy since middle school, and it's, 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 I love seeing it because he is one of the best trumpet players in the world. He hails from Jefferson City, Missouri. However, I think for the last few years, he's been living in Paris, France, and just been killing it for quite some time now man just travels all over the world and plays his trumpet and he collaborates with artists and just living life on his terms and that's what it's all about and that's and that's what I love to see man I just love to see people pursuing a passion and and building the life that they want to live and uh, it was really cool to catch Herman while he was still stateside so he came back for two weeks he's not in the states often came back for two weeks and uh, while he was here, I think he hit Chicago or New York, Chicago, L.A., and then he stopped in Kansas City for a week. And I caught him on the last day before he left. So, man, if I haven't seen this guy in probably a decade. So it was really cool to connect with him and, and uh, sit down and have this conversation. Uh Without any further ado, I don't I don't really know what else to say, man. Just you know, welcome to the show, Herman Mahari, ladies and gentlemen. We did we did checks checks to the one to the two. That's right. There's my phone, homie. There you go. And now we're going, Herman Mahari. Cool. Dude, this is so rad to be here with you. Yeah, man. Especially since I just found out you're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. On like a whirlwind two week adventure that you've you know you've had since you've been back. Yeah, yeah. Dude, so let's uh 
I can only I can't like really impress upon enough. Fucking whenever I talk to people, I'm just like, dude, I went to this I went to school with this kid in middle school. <laughs> and you know what? I always tell the same story. I always tell the same because you always tell how you know people, especially when yeah. they're doing cool shit like you are. Yeah. I'm like, this is my guy. I don't think people realize in ninth grade. We used to meet every day after first hour, and you let me cheat off of your math homework. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's my dude, and I go, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And I go, I forgot about that. That's really funny. That's true. <laughs> it is, and I go, he's one of the best drum players in the world. I go, one, one and two, like he's up there. Like, I, how do you rank? I don't fucking. I'm like, in my mind, you're the best fucking trumpet oh, player man. in the world, it's, right? It's, I mean, you know, it's music, man. It's, uh, it's <laughs> it, hard to say. You know, ex- so, you know. Exactly. So I'm just like, so he's one of the best trumpet players in the world. Like, I try to impress that upon people. I'm like, but that's my boy from back in the day. And <laughs> 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 yeah, that's so crazy. But, dude, you've been on the world of an adventure, right? So you're not yeah. stateside often. Nope. So when people want to see you or when you're back, I imagine it's like, dude, let me see Herman. Let me see Herman, yeah, right? Yeah, man, it's insane. Yeah. So you've been New York. You played? Yeah, I was in New York for a day and then Chicago for three, LA for two, and then, yeah, here. And then here we are in KC. Yeah, yeah. For but you've been here for a week. Uh, here for a week. I mean, like last night I was in Omaha. I played. Oh, Omaha. were you in Omaha? Yeah, and I was also in Topeka at some point. So it's still kind of yeah. And then in, it, when I'm here, it's just like it's like you know, it's crazy. Go go go! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's a whirlwind adventure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Is it is it a a a way different pace in the states? compared to like Paris yeah I mean it all kind of it, it you know obviously it all kind of depends on where exactly you are yeah you know, like everybody's different f- for instance like if you were to generalize though like America versus Europe in terms of pace yeah America's much f- faster pace is it right with New York being the extreme version of that you know it's a big city right right but then you got in Europe you know like you know your biggest cities are like Paris and London they're going to be the most fast paced in Europe, but they're still not like comparatively to like, to, uh, to like a New York, like a New York or yeah. even a Chicago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Paris. I mean, people hang out for hours on a terrace, you know, yeah. just like having a coffee and then drinking a wine with a friend, you know, like in New York, it's like, if you want to meet someone, it's like, okay, yeah, I can meet at 2.15 and uh, and then I have to, you know, like, uh, I got to go at 3, actually 2.55, I can't, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, that's how it is. You yeah, know? it's yeah. like, listen, man, to the to the T. Yeah. Yeah. I used to work in a call center and I talked to a lot of people from the Northeast and yeah. they are very direct and yeah. just like, let's get to it, dude. Yep. C- cut the shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, tr- it's, tr- it's true, man. Yeah, yeah. I move a lot slower than that. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, like, the Midwest is definitely a... Uh, a slower pace but then if you I mean in Europe it's like even slower and if you go to like the places that are not the big cities it's like yeah relaxed right right it's I was um, I was either listening to something or maybe I was reading it I'm not sure but it was saying that it was talking about it was along the lines of like health and how there's not really a ton of obesity in France and how like just their eating habits there are way different. Like usually smaller portions. Mm-hmm. I believe they usually have their biggest meal around like lunch. Is that right? Is that usually the biggest meal? And then it's usually kind of like a smaller late dinner with friends, a that, little more social. It can be that way. It, it depends. One thing that's for sure is is like which is kind of the opposite of the American idea is, is that breakfast is really small. Okay. Like it's called petit déjeuner, which means small lunch. Yeah. Okay. Te- technically. And it's uh, it's you know like a croissant or like a like toast with jam and that's it you know that's you might it. have like a little egg, uh, I mean that's it it's not really a thing you know and then lunch, it just depends on on the people's like kind of like you know like what their life lifestyle is in terms of work and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But even lunch, if it's even if lunch is bigger than dinner, it's still not like. It's not like super filling. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah, not it's su- not, yeah, yeah. And then you know. Yeah, this lay if you just talk about in general like this lay less processed food and, and uh, right and um, just better quality ingredients on like a base level is it more local yeah yeah it's yeah more, like, it hasn't been like kind of like I mean like this America's food system is a bit bastardized and kind of yeah and like fucked up really. for <laughs> a number of reasons yeah, too yeah, that's yeah. the thing yeah. it kind of seems like we're moving back towards um more local yeah. kind of more to nature just as a human society yeah but um 
Who knows, dude? Uh, yeah, dude. So I had a fucking train of thought. Okay. And I just fucking lost it. Oh, no. Oh, what was it? Is it about the food? Oh, I know what I was going to say. Dude, one of the best ways to, I feel like, experience culture, I think one of the best things about traveling is really diving into, like, the cu- like the cuisine of yeah. these different places, yeah. dude. And you've got to do quite a bit of that, just yeah. jumping around Europe. And have you ventured into Asia as well, right? And just Japan a couple of times. Japan a couple of times. Yeah. Like, what's, like, really stuck out to you as far as, like, dude, like, that was amazing. Uh, in terms of food? Yeah. Directly? Um, yeah, man. Uh, actually, I mentioned Japan just now, but Japan is my is probably my favorite country for food. Has it? It's insane. <laughs> and, you know, in general, this is what I've also learned, and I mean, it's kind of an obvious thing, but it's like, you know, like... Japanese food at a Japanese restaurant in the States is not going to be as good as Japanese food in Japan. Obviously. Right. Obviously. But it's like obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like you're there and the, and the, you know, the ingredients are better. The, 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 uh, the technique, the cooking is better. Right. Um, their sourcing is better. Like, uh, and Japan, I mean, I could eat, I could eat that food in Japan for yeah. the rest of my life and I'd be happy. Yeah. It's amazing. Dude, so much tradition and culture is passed down through food. Yeah. I think it's, it's one true. of the best things just to like connect with people over a meal. Absolutely. And they really appreciate when you care about their food too. You yeah. Because yeah, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, I found a lot of cultures take pride in their food. You yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, Italy, same. If it, if it's not Japan for me, it's Italy. Okay. Yeah. but people i feel like uh around here at least um people have an idea of what's like really eaten over there and it's completely different yeah you know what i mean it's not all this refined processed carbohydrate yeah you know what i mean like do they even really have spaghetti let's just say the traditional um like spaghetti and meatballs which where everybody kind of goes to yeah like when you're stereotyping that's not like a yeah, huge not, meal over there. Not meatballs, spaghetti. Yeah, but not yeah. spaghetti and meatballs. That's not it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the bastardization. It is. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, the thing about you have like you know like for instance one dish is spaghetti alio e olio, which is just uh, alio is is uh, garlic and okay. olio is olive oil. Olive oil. Yep. So it's, it's just literally it's it's, it's garlic uh, oil. yeah yeah with with a little bit of uh, pepper in it. I mean it's not you can't find that here. Of course you can find, it, but this is like a, it's normal and yeah it, 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 there and it's just like people are afraid of oil. It's really weird. They're all about it in Italy. Yeah, well, and and it's and they good. have good 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 olive oil there. You know, yeah, so. dude. Yeah, I get my. It's kind of like a. I don't know how I feel about it because I do most of my shopping at Costco. Yep. And because uh, I mostly buy organic, and I try to get everything like glass, and it always comes usually from uh, Italy or maybe Greece. Greece, yep. Yeah. Greece or Italy is usually yeah. where they have their oils from. Yeah, I mean the oil in that area, in those areas, are just amazing. It's probably way better, like at the source, though. Yeah, well, you have more like options, and you can get more specific, and you, yeah. yeah, and it's great. even in Paris, you know, I have access more access to those, right, and and. It's fun. It's so so so. I mean, I don't know. I I ten years ago I wouldn't have been like, oh man, I'm gonna like, like be geeking out about olive oil tastes, you know. But it's, it's dude. There's a scale. I didn't know there was like a scale to grade oils, right? I think it's like a five, like a five point scale or something, like okay. based off of uh, the more it makes you cough. Apparently, it's like a whoa a better. Let's look that up, Alan. Look that up. Google that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm just yeah. I'm just you know for me that just like like. Producers and tasting, and like, oh, wow, that's like a sweeter olive oil, or that's like a tangier, or like a yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know anything about like the actual <laughs> like, you know, like a, like a grading of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pr- I, they, we grade everything. That's humans. true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We're always stacking things up. What's yeah. this? What's that? We got to put it on a number system. Yeah, man. It is interesting how we do that. Fuck, dude. So you've been playing in a lot of cafes, right? Or do you play in? What what do you prefer to play? And let me ask you that because you're playing all over the place, really. I yeah. notice you do like a lot of really cool intimate sets. Yeah. Um. Like, what do you prefer whenever you're performing? Man, I it kind of do everything, and and it's like uh, it's all to me. It's almost the same question as like, what what's your favorite kind of music to play? <laughs> uh, because you know, you get something different from every one. You like them. to mix it up. I like to mix it up. Um. You know, like in Paris, I play pretty regularly at a place on Saturdays called La Fontaine de Belleville. 
Okay. Uh, I've had a lot of people come through there, you know, coming through town, coming through the concert. It's it's been a pre- pretty successful thing over there. Um, but I'm you know I'm play- of course I'm also playing proper jazz clubs that are clubs, you know. Yeah. And I'm playing like rock venues, depending on what kind of music I'm playing. I'm playing. Yeah. yeah, theaters, festivals. Because you do a lot of collabs, don't you? A lot of collaboration. People ask me to play with their projects quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Try to bring your sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they yeah. they want what th- what I have to offer, not just because I play the trumpet, because of like what I'm playing, you know, like right. how I'm playing it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's <laughs> and that's the beauty of art, right? Because yeah. it's all our own. Like when you're doing that, and so I've. I've talked about this a million times. People are probably tired of it. Like I realized at a certain point that what I really enjoy is being in this flow state where you're not thinking, you're just in the present, you're doing, and your creativity is at its best in that moment. And everything is just like, it's almost like there's something working through you and Mm -hmm. you're just the conduit for this. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine it's the same thing for like when you're just really deep in a set or you're, you're playing a certain, um, like you're, you're playing something and like you're just into it. It's true, man. I mean, it's exactly that because at least, especially in, in jazz music, particularly a big part of jazz music is improvisation, right? Yeah. So you, that's, literally being in the moment you know Mm -hmm. and what we work for is to be in the moment and have that flow and that's like magic right you're just in it and um you know it takes a lot of work and practice to get to the point where you can do that because in general because i'm I'm assuming that you know there's going to be a mix of people like listening who know nothing or know something about jazz in general i like to make the the comparison of improvisation in jazz to improvisation and speech like like what we're doing right now you know yeah like we're not just saying random things to each other right we're right. like talking about a subject right and we're, we're constructing our phrases in a certain way and we're responding to each other da, 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 da. you know i have no idea what you're gonna say next right you know and but you might kind of know where i'm going or you know what i mean there's there's like things we have this flow and this this yeah exactly exactly there's this thing about a conversation to where in the beginning it can be kind of choppy but then you like you reach this uh this groove and everything's just absolutely just and yeah. and you know like the only way we can do that is because well, well we've been speaking english since we were born <laughs> <laughs> right we have some rapport we kind of you know we know each other we, we, we have a long rapport actually yeah uh you know there's other things that, so it's kind of the same thing in the musical setting as well you know it's like you um you have to kind of put in the time on the instrument to be able to play it with fluidity and understand. You have to understand harmony. So you're not just playing random stuff, you know? Right. It's not a, improvisation is not random, you know? That's my point, too. You know, it's like... Yeah, it's there's organization in the chaos. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a perceived chaos. Yeah. Whenever... It's, it's one of those things to where maybe when it's your first exposure you're just like what is going on yeah. and then and then you start to develop this ear and this yep. understanding and you're just like oh now you can start piecing together exactly. all these different uh areas and it's like now it makes this beautiful picture mm-hmm. like you just put together the puzzle mm-hmm. yeah the brain really is an interesting thing so you've been uh i mean walk me through and also the listeners like your progression through like the art of trumpet right because like we were talking about a little bit before, like that isn't a very, uh, like that's not a profession or a way of living that people get to hear about, right? Like, yeah. especially us growing up in the Midwest, it yeah. was always, you know, what's your ACT sto- score? Like, mm-hmm. what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what career are you really going after? What school are you going to? Like, you know, you need to yeah. take these steps yeah. to go be an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor. Exactly. Or, you know what I mean? Or physical therapist or whatever the case may be. But it's always this quote-unquote kind of like glamorous things, if you will. It, or maybe not even glamorous because some of them aren't glamorous. But let's just say socially acceptable things. But nobody tells you like, hey, man, you you love playing music. You can make a living doing that. You have to eat shit for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can do that. Or yep. you want to produce art, you can produce art. You want to go yep. do movie makeup, you can be a movie makeup artist. Yep. Like, you can really pursue your passion and make it happen. Totally. Right? So you kind of went through this progression. Like, how did that work for you? Well, you know, it's a good question. It's funny, too, because on top of the, the kind of, like, pressure of coming from the Midwest, you know, like, my uh, my background is Eritrean. So, like, 
you know, my parents were refugees, you know, and oh. a, and a lot of a lot of Eritreans, actually a lot of immigrants, parents usually are like, okay, we made it here. You got to be a doctor. Yeah. You got to be a scientist or whatever, you know, it's so lawyer. That family pressure. So there's also that, right? So I think it, it's for me, it was even more like, I was even more of like a black sheep in the sense, you know, kind yeah. of like bucking the trend. Um, and I, so basically, um, I think I have, I'm, I'm coming to learn more and more about myself and I'm like, I'm always thinking against the grain in a sense. I'm always trying to like, so like, okay, this is what's going on, but can it be a different way? Is there something else, you know? Yeah. So I've always, I'm realizing I've always kind of been like that. And, 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 and then I, I, for me, it's like, if I like something, I'm, that's, I'm going to do it and figure it out. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't care if this is like, this is what the social norm is and, or this is what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, like I did really well in school, school, I found school pretty easy. So my right. parents got excited. Like, okay. He's going to, he's doing this thing. No, I did music. Yeah. You, know? you, guys, you crushed school. <laughs> like it was from the typical kind of lens of things. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. Herman's going to go to college and probably be like a doctor or a lawyer or mm -hmm. cause you, what'd you graduate with? Like a 4.0 in high school or something some beyond that something beyond like because you, yeah, you took AP courses, AP courses right yeah exactly so obviously like the intellect is there right but you chose a very instead of an analytical route like you chose a very creative route yeah you know what i mean like i yep. bet they didn't see that whenever they bought you that trumpet the first they time they definitely <laughs> did not it was funny because my dad when he bought it he was like you got to practice i was like all right i'll practice and then i don't think he realized what that turned into cause it, yeah I, and i it was like i felt you know i fell in love with it after a year i was just like that's all i was doing i was like practicing and, and uh, practicing practicing and then in high school i was gigging quite a bit i was like playing around mid mid missouri every weekend like yeah columbia and, i don't think like, people wineries. knew the hustle you did yeah i was every, man every literally every weekend and uh um you know at, at like you know i had friends like my friend's family band i played with quite a bit the van hooses yeah i remember you guys yeah. did that ninth grade fucking talent show the talent show yeah people were talking about talent people show, talk yeah. about it still to this day dude not great. <laughs> <laughs> still to this it's like you guys yeah. remember when they did that they fucking uh, they, yeah, yeah, it man. gets even cooler and cooler as the time goes that's so funny but yeah. that is cool right because high school is this very unnatural ecosystem yeah and it it it's like oh well this grade against that grade and as you get older then you get to shit on the younger people and yeah. it's like that's not cool like you should really be friends with everybody yeah but then there's so many kids who maybe they don't fit in or they feel alone or they go against the grain and that is really uh, other kids will let you know like hey dude you're doing something different and it's usually not accepted well right. in that community but then you get out of you get out of this bullshit ecosystem and you get into the real world and then you start finding people like you yeah and then you start to really learn who you are and you start to like grow into yourself the real person that you are and then you blossom you know what i mean like you found this community you found who you are now you can start pursuing this path and that's really uh it seems like when you're young like that and you're in that weird thing that's like this weird unnatural ecosystem, like that really gets suppressed. Yeah. And, and it's not encouraged to do weird things or be yourself. It's true. And it's a, it's a really unfortunate, you know, I mean, I didn't fall under the pressure. No, you didn't. Uh, but it sticks out. I guess my real point with that was it, like when you it, do stuff like that, people remember it, it sticks out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's and like true. later on in life, they're like, Oh dude, then people accept it. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. And same with, I mean, same with the fam, right? Like, I always even knew. even when I went to conservatory after school and went to Kansas City, um, uh, it was still kind of like, well, yeah, okay, you're going to double major, right? Or like, <laughs> you know, like, da, da, da. like no, yeah. I'm, doing, yeah, I'm yeah. doing jazz. And I was like, man, I'm doing this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in Kansas, I'm gigging in Kansas City, you know? And yeah. then a few years later, I'm like. A lot I'm of like, good blues here. Yeah. Blues and jazz. Yeah. yeah blues and, and jazz. And uh, I mean, the history for jazz here is particularly really important, actually. But, and then I mean, it was like before I graduated already. I was touring the U.S. quite a bit. I had been out of you know, I'd been to Europe a couple of times. So by then, it was like, okay, 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 we get it. Right. <laughs> this is what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the path of anybody who wants to really build anything outside of the traditional model. People will watch you kind of waiting for you to fail because then they can say, oh, I was right, I told you so. Yeah. And then, like, they see, like, oh, shit, like, you're not giving up. You're really doing this. All right, cool, dude. Then some people start 
showing some support. Yep. But then there's a there's this tipping point to where it's like you gain this momentum, you've like failed, you've learned, yep. like you've had the hard lessons, and now you're fucking doing it. And everybody's like, I knew it. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just back. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I wish I could have said, like, I I wish I would have, like, I think about it. I didn't know what you went to school. Because, like, once yeah. we went from high school, like, yeah. you just go off into the world. And people, I didn't know that you were studying. I I assumed that you were studying. Like, most people are like, oh, he's probably studying something. Be like an architect or something. Yeah. And then you start seeing, I'm just like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, Herman's here and Herman's there. I'm like, dude, that's fucking dope, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's so rad. Like, I hope yeah. he fucking does it. And then five years later or however long it's like, now you're fucking you're deep in it. I'm deep in you're it. You're like an OG. Like you're yeah. fucking a pillar in that community. Yeah, and and that's it, interesting to go, to go back to something you said earlier. You, you know, you said most people don't understand uh, this lifestyle, the musician lifestyle, and so um, you know, to kind of explain it in a sense. It's a as a music. I mean, there's so the thing about it is so up open ended in terms of how you can make the music business work for you. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's like a, I mean, there's a hundred different ways. Um, you know, this is obviously education. You can teach education. You can teach uh, uh, schools. You can teach at a college level, high school level. You can just teach lessons, mm-hmm. and you can uh, you can do master classes, clinics around the world, around the U.S. You know, there's that whole thing, right? You can mix that up with doing performances. You can, I mean, you can produce music. You know, you mm-hmm. can. Uh, uh, there's so many different ways. I mean, you can make m- money through publishing music you know yeah uh you're getting your music on a on a movie you can do movie scoring you can do is that uh, movie exactly so that's uh, like this no, nobody ever thinks about that yeah movie you know scoring. like when you watch a movie that someone made the music yeah or, or tv <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. there's music everywhere in our lives you know yeah uh uh so uh, there's and of course there's performing so and then the performing thing is like well, that, that's a whole other thing like you you um is it what's interesting about it is that it's such a different lifestyle than people know because they're used to the nine to five, like, you know, five days a week, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is the way it is. That's How what you're like, supposed to do. Get a 401k. Yeah, yeah. Work towards your retirement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, how do you, what do you, how do you, what do you do, you know? <laughs> yeah. What do you do all day? Like, yeah. how do you make money? How do yeah. you live? Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. So, you said something and it sparked a thought. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I'm talking too fast. No, dude, those are great. I love what you're saying, dude. Um, it just, I don't know what I was saying. What were you saying? Maybe. The <laughs> uh, I was talking about, you know, like the art. Oh, I know. I was gonna ask you. So two years ago, you released your studio album. Yeah. Blue. Yep. Am I yep. saying that correct? Blue. Blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> B L E U. Yeah. B L E. Blue. Blue in French. B-L- yeah. Yeah. B L E U. E U. Yeah. Um, and so. How was that experience? Do you, because you do a lot of live performances, yeah. And I mean, you have the the one album now. Is is do you prefer the live over doing the the studio work or like how was that process and like you know? I mean, it's not. A, it's kind of like not an either or thing, you know. Oh yeah. It's but, but you, I. Well, like I, what, sometimes you like gravitate towards more you know one thing than the other. Not to say the other thing's bad. No, I mean, like, the thing is, studio recording is almost, uh, I mean, you have to do it, you know? It's mm-hmm. a, it's a kind of a, usually studio recording is, like, a, a kind of an unnatural thing, you know? You're kind of making music in a different way than you would if you were just playing it live. Right, right. Right. But, uh... So it's a different process. It's definitely a different process. Right. A different feeling when you play. So a better question would be, like, which process feels better for you? I mean, I... I live to play music live for people, you know? That's yeah. The, that's really, that's the point. That's where it's at. And the point of me doing a studio recording, yeah, one is to, like, document my art and make something creative, you know? It's like, um, you know, it's like a book or a painting, you know? It's like something that's... Right. You know? Right. That'll live forever. Yeah. Beyond me. Uh, But, you know, I, for me, the reason I got into this in general was just because I love playing music and I'm having people feel something. You yeah. Know? It's like and, a direct connection. Yeah. And, and, I, and I hope my recording can make people feel something. And I'm sure, I mean, that's the whole point. Right. But it's different when you're there and you're, the connection is there directly, yeah. you know? Dude, there's something so special about live music, whether, yeah. especially in an intimate setting is nice. Um, I feel like sometimes there's like a point of return, like when you get too big, you can yeah. almost be, but sometimes it just depends on the music and who's doing it. But there's just something about being in the same space, sharing the same energy and yeah. just like, especially like you're talking about you, 
with improv, right? Yep. You're getting something so unique and mm -hmm. so original and yep. like this is it. This is the moment. And like if you can appreciate that and be present and in the moment, like there's nothing. You just create an experience for a lifetime. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah, that's powerful. It is powerful. Yeah, man. but I mean your your album did amazing, right? Yeah. Debuted at number one in the jazz charts. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking do you do you think you're going to do a maybe like a a regular schedule of releases of like some people put out like an album like every two or three years or you know something yeah. like so it's not rushed but totally I mean the thing is like so I put that album out before that I I've uh, I had a we're still kind of we have the group we haven't disbanded or anything we have a group called Diverse yep and uh, with that group we put out two records. Um, but since then, I've kind of moved on. And I'm like, I want to focus on like my thing. Mm -hmm. um, and right now, I have three slash four, three slash four projects in the can. We interrupt this broadcast because we were having a few issues with the camera. We had it fixed. Let's get back to the show. We're back, Herman. All right, so. Four albums. You said you're so you got you were working so, with diverse. Yeah, so I got two two with diverse. Then mm -hmm. got my my the solo project, mm -hmm. my blue, blue. Uh, and then I've got like yeah four things under the under the uh, like that are that are basically made. Just need to be kind of like mixed and oh. figure out what labels to kind of put them out on and yeah. the different things. So like they're they're like couple of them are duo collaborations. One of them is an like electronic music project. And Ooh, that's dope. The producer and in Europe, and uh, and then one was is like an EP that I recorded with a, uh, 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 it's like it's like a jazz kind of throwback album, but all done analog, like recorded to tape, so it has that like the warm tape mm, feeling. Yeah, you uh, get such a different sound depending if it's analog yeah, or it's digital. Sure, yes, exactly. Vinyl's making a way back. Dude. Exactly, and that that thing would be released for sure on vinyl, and I got all these things kind of working. And then, uh, and then at some point, I'm gonna work to do like my, my next like, full length Herman right. Mahari thing. Right? Yeah, but there's no like timeline for that or anything. Not really, but like, kind of the way I see it in terms of like the business sense, like the, the these projects kind of like, will be. In the me like in the meanwhile, you know what I mean? Yeah, it gives me time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will uh, uh, like uh, like and my fans will be happy. And and that's have something, that's you know? the way to do it, right? You have quite a few different things kind of developing simultaneously, which yeah. will be released at different times, right? Yep, exactly. So, so you're never really getting burnt out on anything. You're yep. staying very creative. Totally you're working totally different things, and you're still producing content and creating value. Exactly. Like that's where it's at yep. for real. So are you? Are you technically like? Are you independent, or I know you released your last album like you released it through a record label. So are you like signed to a label, or well, how does that work for you? Uh, I'm, I am independent right now. Okay, and even that was done through a label, but in an independent way. Oh, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, um, and all, and the none of these labels that I'm going to work with, with for instance, well, I shouldn't say none of them, but n like, they're going to be one offs. At least, yeah. you know, maybe like one, one of them could be, uh, something I continue work with, someone I continue working with. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at some point I, I might sign to a, like a bigger label and do, it just depends, you know? Yeah. Like what makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Right. The amount of money they take and the, they want to own like your masters. They want to, it was just like this like certain, uh. Yeah. They'll restrict your creativity. Yeah. Hey, you know what you should do? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How many times you hear that? Do oh. people ever tell you what you should be doing? I mean, I stay away from those. Oh, man. <laughs> There's a lot of them. They all want to give you advice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they can't see your vision. It's yeah. like it's not for them. That's it. That's it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So I kind of got a little off track. Um, so with the, like, what kind of was your development with? Because, I mean, you started very young, you know, traditional kind of band playing, mm -hmm. right? And you I was reading that I again nobody knows this, but like you were taking like improv classes over the summers during school, yeah, and like developing your stuff. I don't know if you remember those like enrichment classes they had at the summer summer school or whatever we had at middle school. Yeah, they had all kinds of classes, included a, a jazz improvisation class. See, what the, like, yeah, you took advantage of that. Yeah, like, I did. that's amazing. Yeah. I was for me, my mindset was, oh, it's summertime. Forget that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like you're like, oh man, I'm gonna get better at something. Yeah, and that's the way it's at. So there's been like this development over time, right? Like, oh, of course, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even 
Or what's some bit, what's some been some influences for you? Influences? Yeah, like as you know. I mean, early on, you know, like I kind of fell in love with like Miles Davis, John Coltrane, some of the biggest, you know, really the biggest, kind of the biggest names in jazz. Yeah, man, and, and you know, in high school, I was, I was like, man, I was buying just a bunch of jazz records. Yeah, tons and tons of jazz records, like, like CDs, you know. Yeah, <laughs> going to Hastings. Yeah, you know? I was like the, buying it up, man. They had a huge fucking collection yeah, of everything. Huge, dude. huge, man. And you know, I would like look up recommendations online of what to get. Um, all these classic jazz records, I just kept buying this stuff. I had a huge my, and, and then um, you know, my, my f- I had a couple of friends that I in Jeff City that I was playing jazz with as well. Andrew Van Hoos and my friend Brian Stever, who's a drummer. Actually, Brian and I just played in Omaha last night, and we were all into it too. So we were like sharing records. And yeah. Da, 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 and like we kind of like. We, it's a thing. It's like yeah. trading cards. Kind of man. <laughs> like, no, for know, real. You have this one. Okay, I'll give you this one. You. Yeah, yeah. you traded music. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then, like, you know, I, I I was like way into it, and then I got a conservatory, and I was at UMKC. The, the director of the jazz program, Bobby Watson. He's like a super. He's just retiring now, but he's a legend in the jazz world. So he's a big influence on me. And then my trumpet professor, like like classical trumpet like not jazz like classical but, yeah uh, keith benjamin very structured yeah that's a different whole mentality but also really affected me yeah the, the discipline and the and the pedagogy behind that kind of stuff is way different than than jazz yeah um and then it's like i kind of came back to my roots in the sense that because i was so into jazz but like towards the end of, towards the end of conservatory i was like man i i love jazz but I like neglected all the other music that I love and mm-hmm. I've loved before, like hip hop or whatever, you yeah. know, pop and whatever. So like, it was funny cause I was like going back and listening to all the stuff I used to love and rediscovering new stuff that I kind of missed out on. And like, you hear it with a different ear. Like, yeah. A totally different ear. And it's like, man, I, you know, like, you know, at this point I'm, <laughs> I'm listening to more other music than I listen to jazz. Like, like after that period of jazz, like I kind of like, it wasn't my main listening thing anymore. Right. Um, and at that point also I started doing other stuff like you know especially in Kansas City you know like uh, I, I have a group here it's like it's called it's called The Buzz and we're like like a nine ten piece group you know, with like three singers and two MCs oh that's you know? dope yeah like you know we're just I, I was doing all kinds of, we were doing like and then we also like did like the music of Trap Called Quest we were doing like these tribute shows oh and, like, yeah like uh, Most Def and like yeah. Common like very hip hop based yeah yeah. and then we did started doing like Michael Jackson shows and stuff cause I always loved MJ oh dude I didn't realize how much of culture he actually influenced I went back I listened to his entire catalog yeah and I'm just like holy shit so many artists have sampled him. So oh, yeah. many trends have been set by him. Of course. People do tons of remakes of his songs. I'm like, that's his song? Like, yep. he really influenced culture. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 I would and definitely want to play his music. And I was, you know, I just remember, like, those, he was the first, my first favorite artist, you know? Yeah. And I was kind of came back to it. Like, why not? You know, like everything comes full circle. Yeah, full yeah, circle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you know, we did that. You know, and I we got I got, I got into production a little bit, and uh, so my influences. You know, you're asking my influences. You know, so my influences kind of came back to like, oh yeah, what was also influenced before I was doing music? It was already kind of here. This stuff here too. So all that informs my music. All yeah, stuff, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would imagine that you know finding inspiration in areas like outside of your genre is probably one of the uh, best forms of inspiration because it's so different than what's being done in the space. And then you can draw from these different, it's, oh, I like that sound. Oh, I really like that, you know, those bars right there. It's like, yep. how can I work that into what I'm doing? Or or maybe it just creates a thought, right? And then that grows into something else. Totally. Yeah. Creativity fascinates me immensely. Yeah, yeah, man. Just the whole working of the brain. Do you ever, you ever like study the brain or anything, or look into anything in the flow state? I, I, I study. I mean, like I like to read a lot. Right. So I'm, I'm, read like lately this past year I've read like, I've been reading. Uh, I was reading. Um, I've read the Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. He's he's the one who did on a sports ball. Or or Moneyball rather. So Moneyball. Moneyball. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Where he talks about these these Israeli um, like you know basically uh, psych- uh, like 
psychologists yeah. who study the brain and decision making and all that. Yeah. And like uh, like Moneyball is about like analytics in sports. Right. right. Like yeah. Because uh, he developed a whole plan or uh, a whole like algorithm as far as like how they should recruit people. Yeah, exactly. And, right. it's, and it's like less based on like intuition, these ideas of intuition and feelings and more based on like like analyzing and getting to the facts and using actual statistics and probability. Right. Uh, instead of just using like what you, th- you kind of think, right? Know? Like a rational logic. Yeah, because we we, we can be very fallible in our, in our uh, in our decisions. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but the but that kind of thinking extends beyond obviously, sports. Oh yeah. Um, and and so I was getting into that. Also, like got into a lot of neuroscience books earlier in the, in the year. Yeah. So, like, the brain is fascinating, man. I love it. Dude, yeah. I read a lot of, uh, or I, I, I split time between, I listen to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. um, not as many, many as I used to. I found, like, once you start doing something, then it's hard to actually consume it. I don't know yeah. if you ever found that, but it's like, once I started really get like, even when I used to, I fought for a really long time. Once yep. I was, when I was fighting, I didn't really watch a lot of fighting. Like, I'm busy doing it. Like, yeah. I'm not, so it's like, you only sure. have, you only have so much time that you can consume when you're creating. But you still have to consume to create because you still need to be growing and learning and, you know, getting, I feel like, finding inspiration and, you know, just dip, pulling from all these different sources. But, um, so, yeah, I'll, like, listen to podcasts or I, I, like, do audible books. But I always, like, I'm always reading, like, a book, too, kind of in conjunction. Yeah. And I've definitely went down the rabbit hole of, like, sociology and, yeah. like, or psych- in psychology and fucking. There's a great book called uh, Tribes by Sebastian Younger. Okay. So I listened to it. It was like a three-hour list. It was a quick list. I imagine it's a short read, but it was really just talking about like the human nature of people and how we are very like tribal people. It's a yeah, fucking man. great book. I've, I've been actually thinking about that a lot in the past year too. Well, we really are, man. Yeah. Like fucking yeah. once you you get to a certain point in society and then you almost just become disconnected when it gets too big yeah and even when it gets to a certain size you find that uh you know people like to congregate together and we like to be in these tribes and it's very important really for i feel growth and to to have that connection like Mm. one of the best things you can have is a connection with another human right and it's so natural and innate i'm curious in that in that book does does he go further into why that we you know why the tribalism exists why we do why wouldn't we be in tribes he talks he talks some about that um so when you look at at like the human race from like an ancestral point and you yeah. kind of go back to like you know when we started there's there's a lot of things that are built into our dna that we found that you know have a purpose and it takes dude the way we're living today is so new you mm. know what i mean like it's probably been the last 150 years that we're living in the society that we are today with you know just think of where technology has come you know and we have so many people living in such a small populated area but we're more disconnected but if you go back to like the beginning like we were in small tribes and i think it's maybe like dunbar's number where it's like 150 people that you can really know and have connection with and then once you get past that Mm. it just becomes too big Mm. so there's just this innate sense in us to where we we operate better in these small communal like tribes mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then we're just we've kind of like gotten to this place to where we're um like we're ignoring that so yeah. i don't know if the why is just that we've always i don't know like what biologically makes us that way but there's mm-hmm. definitely something innate in us because we've lived like that for so long and i mean but you you see it manifesting and, and health consequences when people are alone and they are, like, isolated. Yeah. Like, you can really see that in real-world examples. So we definitely need each other. I'm not sure if I really understand the, the exact, the exact why. why. yeah. Yeah, but he gives all these great examples of how, for example, like, the bombing of the Twin Towers. Like, mm. there was more community in New York during that time than there probably ever has been or ever will be. And people are brought together by struggle and hard times. Yeah. And that was a big theme of the book, how we really come together and grow as a people. And even though it, it's fucking crazy to think about, like nobody wants chaos and struggle and yeah. all that, but 
people really look back on those times, and those are some of the best memories. And that's what brings people together. It's interesting because I kind of think I think I have kind of like a cynical view on it. You know, like yeah, like I don't know. Like I feel like people will people will do what needs to happen when they're directly affected by it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, well, why didn't we come together before? That's a great question. You know, why didn't we? Like. And I was, that's one of the things that kind of gets me down a little bit. I'm like, man, like we as a society and could, could really advance so much further if we really all decided to work together. We really could. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it takes, it always takes something that like directly affects us in a negative way to actually do something like that. You know, even like the ecological crisis and stuff. Like yeah. That. Honestly, I think n- it's going to be. It's hard to find people to do anything about it until like they're like directly they're like well, well actually half my city's flooded now it's gone you know what I mean like yeah. that might be the point where they I mean that, dude people like to yeah. put their hand like their head in the sand yeah yeah and, yeah yeah and not do anything until yeah, it comes to their front door exactly and that, you know I can I can't get down about that sometimes I'm like <sighs> yeah, yeah man I do too I don't know if are we just the more connected we are you know. uh in the, like the cybernetic world, are yeah. we becoming less connected in this physical world? Which, I mean, we're kind of seeing that. And then I, th- I, I really like to think that most people are good natured. Yeah. I, r- I really do like because I, I really just believe in like the power of like positivity and love. Yeah, and, yeah. But I am a realist, and I understand that there's a balance to this energy. Totally. You know what I mean? And there is hard. Like there are some hard people in the world, and some evil people in the world. Yeah, and, like yeah. just that energy is there. Right. And. Uh, yeah, I'm. Not, you know, I'm not saying like, for instance, I'm not saying like it's coming from a negative place that they like. It's not like they don't care about the world. It's just right. like a, it's just the way you live your life. You get bogged down in the things that are like in your vicinity and what are around you. Yeah, and, yeah. And and, and what are it's what, you know, uh, you know, in the same in in the, that's that's like a, that's like a physical geographical thing. Yeah. But also, if you think about it from like a uh, like a like a metaphor like a time perspective like you know people for instance who don't like invest in their future yeah it's because like they're only worried about their immediate future. yeah they have you know like, what i mean they don't have any long-term thinking yeah they're more it's e- so it's always easier in general to be your you prioritize the things that are nearest to you yeah in very a sense. Sh- you know what i mean yeah we have a tendency to do that well i feel like we're we're very much so uh, like a global society yeah in in this day and age yeah and everybody can see the injustice and everybody can see what we need to do but like to your point like nobody's doing anything yeah and i'm i don't like to be like the conspiracy theory guy or anything like Mm. that but if you look at just public policy and if you look at the political space you have some very powerful people and this is kind of like that balance and energy is where you have some really great people there is greed. Greed is very real. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sure. it's it's a very real human emotion. And sometimes, dude, you get some very powerful people and, agree, and they have that greed and they just have this drive to keep what they have going yeah. even at the cost of everybody else. And I feel of like course, I feel like you see that on a grand scale. And, and then is it just like people don't see hope? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, what can I do? Yeah. You know, it, well, it's not affecting me, so I'm just going to keep doing my thing because I can't do anything. It's like... We have legal bribery, and we just call it uh, what the fuck do we call it? Uh, ah, damn, the word is escaping me. What do we call it, Alan? What is it when you? I mean, you can you can give donations. Lobbying, lobbying, yeah, oh, okay. lobbying, yeah, sure. yeah. We have lobbying, yeah, 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 yeah. You can give donations. We have lobbyists. Yeah. Like that's legal bribery. Yeah. Like that's just what we we just put this name on it and yeah, we call sure. it the, you know what i mean yeah. so we have people with a lot of money like yeah. pushing their money, interest exactly the money is influencing the, the the policy making which is just yeah i mean you know it's 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 superseding the human life the greater good and the greater yeah the greater good yeah it's like at what cost dude i yeah. also ask myself at what cost yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah it blows me away but we are seeing a revolution in the sense of People are connected, and things do come to light. Yeah. And a lot of these people can't hide that shit anymore. Right. I think about that in the cannabis space. Mm. Uh, you were seeing a lot of laws changing. Yeah. So, all over the world. Yeah. But there was this period of time to where it was totally cool, totally acceptable, and then, you know, we had alcohol prohibition, 
And then we quit, bro. You know, that ended. So they went to something else. They went to cannabis. Yeah. You know what I mean? For various reasons, you know, with race because of blacks and Mexicans. They wanted to, you know, they call it marijuana because that's a Mexican term. And if you smoke it, then, you know, the you know, that's what that's what the colored smoke. And they yeah. act crazy. And then mm. they're going to have sex with all the white women. And then mm. there's all these political and money uh, influences with you have William Randolph Hearst, who is a very wealthy like entrepreneur, and he had a lot of money in timber. And there was a new device called the decorticator, which made it easier to process hemp because yeah. um, hemp is an amazing fiber. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. And, and when we're talking about the hemp plant, there's actually little to no THC in that. It's like the male version of the plant. This decorticator would have cost him millions of dollars because he had all this uh, investment in timber and he had a newspaper. So they started this whole political propaganda, right? You have Reefer Madness, and then he's in, in conjunction with Harry Anslinger. So you have the federal government and law enforcement. Right. So it's just like all of these things kind of in play to feed greed and self-interest when you're just demonizing like a part of nature and this plant Absolutely. and it's helping it's a medicine for a lot of people yeah. and over the years they've said that hey man we don't have enough evidence like we don't we need more research but dude i read this book it's a great book called smoke signals and it talks pretty much like the whole history um of cannabis like politically you know from society standpoint like socially all these different uh perspectives on it and it talks about all of these different uh reports and studies that were done yep. from all these different organizations throughout dating back to like the late 1800s from all over the world and they all came to the same conclusion that cannabis is safe and it is a medicine and it has uh, medicinal value but every time it gets ignored and swept under the rug and then you just have power and we're very at this stage of the game america is a very powerful uh country right we have yeah. a lot of sway and a lot of influence like yeah people been to the will of the u.s yeah and dude it's that's just true yeah but again like that was something that is not in the greater good of the people how many people have like went to jail for this or how many people right. have been denied medicine like they're seriously ill you know what i mean so it's just it really blows me away i just went yeah. on a huge rant no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's symptomatic of what we're talking about it's true yeah dude you see it all the time yeah yeah do you ever does like any of that you ever like go into play and you're just like you're feeling a certain way, and then it's just like it's just really expressed through your music. Like you're just like, "Fuck, man, I'm super frustrated," or you just it, take it out on your music. It's always, but you know, it's the funny thing about that though, yeah. for sure. Like you know, sometimes I can't like whatever I'm feeling won't change. Yeah. But in general, I f like because I love playing music. It, it always puts me in a better place, anyways. That's you know your what happy I mean? Place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's almost the time to kind of. Um, get away from the world in a sense okay like all of a sudden we're here's the music and as a listener ideally that's what that they're going to get from it too you know yeah like they're going to like forget about their crazy week they had their, their you know whatever they're um, they might have lost a loved one or some, what is something you know yeah and so they're there in that moment and it's for them to feel something you know yeah and just what whatever they feel they feel it but of course man you know i'm human and it's not like it's a magical thing where everything just disappears. Right. In reality. So yeah, if sometimes I'm in a certain headspace, that's gonna come through the in through in the music as well. Yeah. Do you ever find it like meditative? I feel like meditation is really the art of just like being present. Yeah. And for me, a lot of times, dude, I do jujitsu, and that's mm -hmm. a very like moving, meditative thing for me. I've been doing it for a decade now, yeah. and I don't really think a lot whenever I do it. I just yeah. do now. Yeah. And dude, it just whatever I could have the worst day going on, but I start doing jujitsu and it all melts away. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. And it's like just being in the present, right? Is mm -hmm. that the same thing for you? Yeah. Is that how that works? In performance, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you have to be in the moment, you know. Especially yeah. when I was talking about like the improvisation, it's in the moment, right? You know, you can't be thinking too much about it in a sense. You can't be thinking, oh, what did I just do? Like, was that cool? You know, was yeah. that good? <laughs> Once you start thinking that, you're out of the moment. Yeah, you are. You're judging it. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, what was I going to ask you? I just asked you. What the fuck did I just... My mind sometimes, Herman. I smoke oh. cannabis, and this is probably why. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's good for your brain. Uh, Short-term memory, though. Oh, man, I had another great question for you. Along the same lines? Uh, it was along the same lines. What the hell did I just ask? 
He's not listening. No, in the, in the moment. Yeah, in the mo- oh, I know I was gonna ask you. Sorry, dude. Um, do you do you uh do you meditate or do you have a practice to where you just you know what I'm saying? Like, do you have like a meditation practice or anything like that, or is that anything I, you've ever looked into? I I don't. I you know there were times in my life where I did like for a period, like a short period. I yeah. would do like I would do some meditations, like nothing like super structured just stuff i'd find online or okay like no like breath work or anything like maybe sit with yourself i did do breath work but that was more trumpet focused but it became meditative too right yeah because it's a a lot of uh you know not even just being away from the horn and working on breathing breathing in time breathing and also i um there's a there's a short period for a couple years where i took um voice lessons oh yeah and my my voice teacher she was uh um it also the yoga and stuff, you know, so a lot of, it all plays together. Yeah. The breathing is all, I mean, yoga is all breathing in Mm -hmm. a sense, you know? Right. So you were, I mean, you were being taught breath work from one perspective, Mm -hmm. but I mean, there's all these other benefits, right? You probably just weren't even aware of it at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I I do a lot of studying with breath work and it's interesting because, so my son is in sixth grade. It blows me away. And he starts, so last year he did, uh, he played violin in fifth grade in the orchestra. And then this year he started trumpet. And like I was like, what? look, dude, I, I told him I'm sitting. I'm like, bro, like I'm sitting down with this guy. Like he's the like I told like I was tell my son. I try to like motivate his ass. Like let him know. Like look, dude, I've seen firsthand. Like literally, like somebody in middle school killing it, and just develop their passion. And I try to tell him. I try to give him the perspective. Like we didn't get that, dude. You can pursue this. Like you can do whatever it is that you want to do for real. Yeah. Like you can do it, and it's a real thing. And I, I tell him, like, dude, you got to practice all the time. Like, this is what you have to – if you want to do it, you need to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to try to force on him, but he – like, he's learning breath work right now and breath yep. control, and yep. he's just doing all that basic stuff. And I'm talking to him about breath work. Yep. And when you're the when you're the parent, they kind of feel like you don't know anything. That's true. <laughs> so I'll start telling him about stuff. He's like, oh, that's what my teacher said. That's yeah. what my te- – I'm like, bro, like, this is what I do. <laughs> like, I'm a hilarious. health professional. That's hilarious. Yeah, dude. So he's, like, learning all of this stuff right now, and – I'm just like, yeah, man. So I, I realized in that moment, like, there's a lot of crossover. Like, it yeah. all plays into each other. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah. It's very true. Ah, oh, dude. What time is it? I want to be respectful of your time. How long have we been going? Okay, cool. So, what? Yeah. So, we've been going for a little bit. Um, Dude. This has been fantastic, Herman. Awesome. I'm so glad we were able to catch up, man. Dude, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I really believed, and I still will, like, uh, I didn't travel a lot growing up, yeah. and I I reached a certain point a couple of years. Ago, I was like, dude, I'm. There's no reason not to make it happen. Yeah. To like to travel more. I was like, well, so when we didn't connect last time, I'm like, well, yeah. shit, I'm just gonna have to go to Paris to sit down with this dude. Yeah, man. So next time we'll do it in Paris. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that'll be where it's at, dude. You got to come over, man. Dude, I can only imagine. It's gonna be fucking great. Yeah. So, but I want to turn the you know table over to you, man. Like, how can folks check out your music? If there's anything you want to plug and promo, dude. Like, yeah. Floor is yours, man. I mean, okay, so. Easiest thing, website, hermanmahari.com, um, H-E-R-M-O-N-M-E-H-A-R-I. Um, I have my Instagram handle, KC Trumpeter, and uh, I'm on Facebook as well. Um, yeah, I generally, on my website, I'll have my my shows around the world kind of posted. Yeah. You know, I'm mostly in Europe, but I come to States a couple times a year now. Um, and then I have the recordings coming out and stuff, you know. So, I, you know, that's the easiest, easiest yeah, thing. Yeah, right? they can follow you, keep up, see what's going on. Yeah. I'll put this in the show notes so they can see it. But, right. rad, dude. Hey, thanks again, brother. Man, thank you, Adam. All right, everybody. Until next time. Yep. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, do me a favor. Go tell a friend. Just bring us a friend. You know, recommend it, uh, share it, uh, like it, whatever platform you're listening on whatever medium it is leave a comment if you can or whatever the case may be if you are listening on apple podcast please leave us an honest rating and review ideally five stars you know that's how we get higher in the rankings that's how other people find us so help us you know continue to grow this thing uh oh also head over to youtube we are improving we have improved the video experience and guys we've taken this shit to a whole new level so go hit that subscribe button help us grow over there as well as always you know big big 
big thank you to Convergence Media Group. We've partnered with them, and you can as well if you would like. Uh, they help brands grow and build their social or their uh their internet presence they help with brand awareness they help with strategy and content development just a great group of humans and uh, they work with all industries so go check them out you can you can go to convergencemg.com or just check them out on social at convergencemg on all platforms as well i think that's all i have for you guys today I will talk to you guys later. Oh, go out and fucking look up Herman's album Blue. It's it's rad. That shit is is dope. So go go check out that album. All right, guys. I will talk to you later. Love ya. Bye. Mwah. <laughs>